You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kipolevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Mayakel Moshe. Moshe gathers together all the Jewish people, and he says to them, Ele Hadavarim. These are the things. These are the things that Hashem told me to tell you, which is supposed to be about the building of the Mishkan. And instead, before Moshe Rabbeinu begins to instruct us about the process of the building of the Mishkan, he first gives us a speech about Shabbos and about the observance of Shabbos. So he says, he quotes from, as we mentioned a number of times, that the Sfasemis was raised by his grandfather, the Chidushi Harim. Upirish Mori Uzikenizal. Um, so my teacher, my grandfather, of blessed memory, explained, that before the sin, which means if you look back at Truma Tetzave and the beginning of Kisisa, Sider Hakasuv Malachas Amishkan Kodem Mitzvah There, the service of the Mishkan is explained before the instructions to keep Shabbos. Why? Shehayu Yimei Hamaseh because in those days, before sin, the days of the week were meant to prepare you for Shabbos. But after the sin, we have to put Shabbos first. Because only through Shabbos, could we fix the days of the week. That's all that his grandfather said, and let's repeat the idea, because as we've seen a number of times, he quotes his grandfather, and then obviously he spent a lot of time in his older years trying to figure out what was Zaidi really trying to say. So the Chidushi Arim says that at the beginning, the first time the instructions are given, first instructions are given, and then Shabbos, because the way the original plan was, was for the weekday to be a preparation for Shabbos. But then after we sinned, first Hashem gives us Shabbos, and then the instructions for the Mishkan, because today, after the sin, Shabbos is a preparation for the week. What does that mean? The Efshir, so maybe... That this is related to the other statement of our sages. The, this, yeah, there's, uh, these parshias, they're so, they're so repetitive from our simple perspective that the rabbis will usually um, repeat the same themes over and over again. So you can expect... At some point this year, you're going to hear about the famous debate between Moshe and Betzalel. When Moshe gives the instructions to Betzalel, um, he tells Betzalel to make the Aaron, the Shulchan, the Menorah, and then he says, oh, and you should also build a house where they're going to be housed inside um, of these seemingly telling him to build the vessels and then to build the structure. To which Betzalel doesn't listen. Betzalel builds the structure and only then creates the vessels. 
so Rashi quotes this, and this is why everyone that talks about this, the, our te- sages teach us, that Moshe came to Betzal and said to him, what are you doing? This is not the instructions I gave you. And Betzal says to him, um, it didn't make sense to me that you should build the vessels without having first built a room to build it in. And Moshe says to him, now I know why your name is Betzalel. Betzalel means Betzel Kel in the shadow of God, because you must have been in the shadow of God and overheard, because the way that you said it was exactly the way Hashem told me to do it. Why would he tell you the opposite? So, so why is Moshe telling the opposite? And then why, when Betzalel does do it the other way, this is a big puzzle. This is a very difficult teaching of our sages. Uh, it needs explanation. Maybe he was testing him like Yosef was well, yeah, in the, the dream, and he said, no, that's, that's not the way the dream was. That's, 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 there's, there's all kinds of explanation. That, that's certainly a fair one, yes. It doesn't say, weeks ago that was filled with divine wisdom. Yes. So maybe he had some kind of rule of the code. That's fine. That'll explain to us how Betzal knows, and that's what his name is, Betzal But... But why did Moshe give instructions differently? And why is Moshe upset at Betzal for changing it? And then all of a sudden Betzal says it doesn't make sense. And Moshe goes, wow, you're right. Because that's how Hashem told me to do it. What, what is that discussion? Says this Fas Emes. For years I've been trying to figure out what my grandfather meant. And now I get it. Ki Moshe Rabbeinu Tzivalasas Kelim Achakach Mishka. Moshe Rabbeinu tells... The Jewish people tells Betzal to first make the vessels and then to make the Mishka. While makes the Mishkan first. So he says, Hamishkan The Mishkan is the general structure which includes everything. While the vessels are specific details. When you start from the general first, you're asking for divine support to be able to accomplish it, to help us below. In other words, divine support comes from a general salvation which doesn't involve necessarily the details. But the details, everyone um, inspires and accomplishes the part connected to him. Then comes the general. Let me explain this because this is such such a beautiful idea. And the way he's putting this together to explain what his grandfather meant, he means like this. Let's say, I daven to Hashem, that... There should be no hunger in the world. And Hashem listens to my tefillah and says that there should be no hunger in the world. Hashem is not going to affect free will. He's not going to mess with individuals. Hashem is going to create a general system whereby regardless of what different people choose... There's going to be different reactions that's going to result in world hunger ending. 
like enough rain and so 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 let let's go for example if let's say I daven that the food should reach the people who are behind you know enemy lines because you know there's pirates and other things that steal everyone's food so I daven that they should get food. Hashem listens to me. So that doesn't mean that Hashem is going to make all these people who are stealing everyone's food all of a sudden better. But what is going to happen is Hashem is going to arrange that regardless of what they choose, a storm should um, drive them elsewhere, Their the tires should break down, they should have internal fighting so that they're too busy with... Uh, all That all depends on their choices. So whenever anything is happening from Shemayim, that's going to be a general providence that's going to adjust itself to all the details. While, if there's anything that's being initiated from below, human beings can't end world hunger with some general thing. We have to actually arrange the specifics. What I can do is send in an army that can remove these bad people. That doesn't mean that the food's going to arrive. I'm working on each specific detail, and then if all the details come together, then we can get to this general concept of ending world hunger. That's part of the problem, is that sometimes human beings try to play God, and they try to, let's end world hunger. Let's make a law. We're all going to get together in some big room, and we're going to declare a law that no one may take other people's food. Because we're, we're trying to play God. We can't do that. What we can do is work on specifics and the details. That is the difference between the way God runs the world and the way that we run the world. When we do things, it's each detail, and we hope that the details will come together to a general thing. And Hashem works the other way. He's, Hashem's result is going to come. And the method is going to depend on each of our individual choices. Right, there'll be something that happens, but it's the humans who are going to choose how to, how to go about it. We, right, Hashem is not going to make anyone steal food. Hashem is not going to make anyone, um, you know, disrupt the shipment. But there will be, because there's forces of evil in the world, Hashem will make it, let's say, convenient for them. He won't have the storms get in their way. He'll have them, you know, come up with the right money to pay and the mercenaries that show up. Whatever the case may be, Hashem is not going to affect the details. That's our choice, but it's going to end up happening the way Hashem wants it to be. This idea itself is such an amazing idea. The idea that Hashem runs the world with this general, and it's us who get to pick the details, so that when we fix things, it's from the details up. When Hashem fixes things, it's from the general down. That itself, an amazing idea. So he says, the Mishkan represents the general, while the vessels represent the concept of the specific. I'm going to read that line again. The Mishkan is the general. And the vessels are the specifics. In general, that's where things come from above to inspire us. 
Ubepratus, but in the specifics, that comes from the bottom up. Each person does their little specific. Then we can put together the general. Now, we haven't seen yet how this answers the questions. We'll get to that soon. Why would Moshe even say this? It's like buying Well, we haven't seen really yet. Fancy you're, you're, you're trying to go to the you're answer. You leave it on the driveway while you're building the garage. I get, you're, you're, you're asking the question again. We're going to see. We haven't seen the answer yet. With the washer. Right. Okay. Let me show you an allusion to this concept. The Torah tells us, Ma'as Adanim, there should be 100 sockets, Ma'as Kikar, to the 100 Kikar of silver, Kikar La'aden, one Kikar of silver per socket. So now these wooden planks, wood is, uh, needs a lot of support. So these wooden things, even though they were all being held up by divine support, um, nevertheless, we had to build it in a way where it could stand on its own. And uh, wood, especially, is very susceptible to the elements on the ground. Usually, you don't want to put things that are made of wood where it touches the ground where water could sit. So, what they did was, they carved on the bottom of each of the karashim, of the wooden boards that made up the wall, they carved out so that it was just a small leg, and then they would fit a silver socket. Each socket was a kikar, that is a very large amount of silver. Each socket was one kikar of silver. The Torah tells us a very seemingly repetitive statement. There should be a hundred sockets for the hundred kikar. And in case you missed the math, that's one socket per kikar. Pirish, so the way he understands it. Shibekhalal hamea adanim. That these one hundred sockets, heim heim sha'oru nidvos, there though that's where the that's where um that's what inspired Nidvus, the, the, the generosity of the Ma'asa Kikar, Lamata Benafshas B'nai Yisrael. Meaning, that the 100 Kikar, for the 100 sockets, that's Hashem's perspective, that's the general view of the Mishkan, that Hashem gave us the inspiration and the ability to give to the Mishkan in the way that we need to give, the kikar la'adam, but you should know that there was a separate socket per kikar. Shebeprat nidvas kal echad for each person's individual generosity. Meaning that Hashem gave us the generosity to give in general this amount, meaning that there was going to be 100 kikar of silver that was going to be donated by the Jewish people, regardless of what happens. But no individual's free will is affected by that. And so, therefore, the Torah has to separately state it was one socket per kikar, because each individual person made their own choice to donate, even though there was a general inspiration from Shemayim that there was going to be a hundred kikar of silver. And the same kikar? The same kikar. Now, we don't know exactly how to resolve that. How could Hashem do it? What happens if no one chooses to give? There was an inspiration that there was going to be a hundred kikar of silver given. 
each p- person who chose to give was, and that's the balance of Hashem's general providence and our individual free will. Like Weren't the, the rings on the top silver also? Yeah. Kind of, but there, that's a miracle. Here, somehow, this is free will, so we can't have a miracle. Right. Um, well, there. Well, it d- depends on depends on how you calculate, but yes, yes. So it wasn't according to what you wanted. No, but th- that's the general idea. That's what he's saying. That's why it's a remez. The general idea of the Torah repeating it is that there was this general influence, and then there was the individual, regardless of whether this was true of the sockets or not. He's saying the Torah repeats everything because everything that was donated was an element of divine providence, but at the same time, our own individual input. Couldn't each person give the amount they wanted and Hashem make a miracle that the total doesn't equal the sum of the parts? Yeah, but we don't want that. We don't want miracles for that. Because then you've got extra silver that came through a miracle. Okay, so he says, Umadregas Moshe Rabbeinu Okay, so that, let's go back to the idea. Is that, remember we mentioned last week that who was the one person who was unaffected by the sin? Moshe. Because he was not anywhere near the sin of the golden calf. So he says, Moshe Rabbeinu was living in the Garden of Eden. Moshe Rabbeinu is living in a world without a Yetzirah. Moshe Rabbeinu is living in a world where the will of God is his will. And therefore, his view of the world is from God's perspective down. He was like before the sin. You know who else was like that before the sin? All of us. That's why we said Nasa before Nishma. What do you mean Nasa you're going to do? Don't you have to hear all the details? Not if you're living from a world from the top down. The details are not important. I'm going to do, in general, what Hashem has instructed me to do. And therefore, Moshe's perspective was, Kalim, we're going to build the vessels, the Achikach Mishkan, and then we're going to build the Mishkan, because we don't need to see things from that perspective. Umadregas b'nei Yisrael, but the Jewish people, they needed the inspiration from Hashem above first. They weren't in this place where they could do it themselves. That's why they needed to first build the Mishkan, which was Hashem's view of things, and only afterwards could they insert their input. So he's saying that they're both right. Had the Jewish people have been before the sin, meaning, which is why, where does Moshe give the instructions? They're written in the Torah, Truma Tetzava. And the question is, according to some opinions, Truma Tetzava were actually stated after the Egel. Then why are they written in the Torah before? So he's saying, because Moshe Rabbeinu is still before the sin. So the instructions that Moshe gives to the Jewish people is written in the Torah earlier, because it's his perspective and he's still before the sin. So before the sin, he's saying we can do this all ourselves because we can make the vessels because we can do it all without needing Hashem's the inspiration from above. 
And so that's why he, and then Bitsala says to him, but we can't. We can't. What room are we going to put it in? It, what that really means is we can't look at the world from that view. We need the general concept. We need Hashem's support to be able to do things. And Moshe says to him, you know, unfortunately, unfortunately, you're right. You're right. That is what Hashem expects of you guys now that it's after the sin. Uh, this is the second time that you say, uh, I can see. Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode.